Welcome to A Woman's Place. I'm Samanda Ekman and this is my co-host James Savage of The Local. Hi Samanda, lovely to be here. <laughs> so nice. Most of the women uh, we'll be talking to throughout this series will be from other countries. But uh, we're going to start off with two Swedish power women who spent their formative years abroad uh, and who's been returning. Annette Tonnerud has spent her career between Sweden and the US. She studied at the University of Minnesota and California State University at Fullerton. She's worked at global giants like IBM and Accenture, where she sat on the global leadership teams. Um, she's now at uni- US consultancy firm or global consultancy firm Capco, where she's manag- managing director of their Nordic operations. She's also a mentor at the American Chamber of Commerce in Sweden. Welcome, Annette. Thank you. Um, and Elin Aldean also spent her formative years in North America, studying at Gustavus Adolphus College in Minnesota, a very Swedish part of uh, America, and the University of Toronto. She's now a partner at Lennox PR in Stockholm, uh, which she also founded, having previously worked at companies including telecoms giant Ericsson, where she was global head of communications for their managed services division. Uh, welcome to you both. And uh, the first question, of course, why did you return to Stockholm? It was going back home for career opportunities. I actually didn't return to Stockholm. I'm from the countryside, so I returned to Sweden. But but Stockholm was new to me, and for me, it was it was um, it was a very conscious choice to to try and remain Swedish after having been gone for a long time. Why should someone move to Stockholm for a career from some other part of the world? It's the absolute best uh, place to be right now. It's a rather small village in a global setting. It's a very international setting. We have so many opportunities, both with large corporate as well as the new startup, fintech, that booming economy. And I think we are a fantastic platform outside Silicon Valley to either further extend your career or kick it off. And I would absolutely second that, but also double that with uh, after uh, one of my periods abroad. Um, I remember looking over uh, at my partner and, and and looking at each other and saying, "We can't beat this quality of life anywhere. The combination of it's safe, it's accessible, the distances are short, you can walk, the air is clean, uh, and and so there's there's that side, which I think is the reason many many young professionals come here too. It's not it's not just the professional opportunities; it's also the, the overall quality of living. What happens after work? Do you think you're treated differently as a woman in um, finance than if you were a man? Do you, th- do you see any, wa- any, any ways in which you're met differently by colleagues? I think there has been, uh, of course, occasions, but it's again, it's business, right? So I'm a woman and, you know, there are men and we are there to do business. It's about focusing on that target and what you are to achieve, right? And move on. So you just move the focus back. It's business. And business. women and men, it's doing business. And I'm sure that's the same thing in PR. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and in PR and communications, what we do, of course, is usually we're, we're, we're in a company helping another company or helping an organization. So we are, we are one or two in an, in an organization which can be tech or fintech or, mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. public healthcare or whatever. I think being a woman, wherever we are in the world, we have the society we have. It, it is what it is. And the fact that we have uh, injustice globally is, is, is what it is. I think being a woman in any industry, the fact that you are a woman is always a fact. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't necessarily have any direct consequences, but it's, mm-hmm. it's an element that you have to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I find that Actually, working in super male-dominated uh, environments uh, as the only woman in a leadership team or something like that sometimes is easier, because because this 
because it's stable, because the structure mm-hmm. is set, because sales is male, because delivery is male, because the head is male, and then you get the HR and comms women, and you know, uh, and so so then it's stable. I think where where you get into trouble in in sort of where we can be more challenging is where you see structures shifting, where all of a sudden it's it's a tipping point. Suddenly mm-hmm. you, you get a you get a half and half, where suddenly you have women challenging for this the head of sales role, and and when that sort of when that strikes, I think that's when it becomes both super interesting, but also that's when I think you have to be more more aware. Have you had experience of this situation yeah. in Stockholm, Sweden, especially? Um, more than other places? No, mm. not more than other places. And in my international experiences, I've been part of international, multinational companies where where people are very much the same. Mm. If you're an Ericsson engineer in, in Brazil, the US, Egypt or Sweden, you're more or less the same. Your passport mm. may have different stamp, but you have about mm. the same background, you have about the same level of education, you've traveled about as much. So in some ways, it's it's about the same. I think it varies more if you go into the market or you go to the grocery store. If you try to sign up for a mobile subscription in different mm-hmm. in different countries where you're met as a gender. But it's so it's so interesting you're saying this, Elaine, because um, you you mentioned uh, management teams, right? Mm-hmm. We are primarily male, and mm-hmm. then a few functions, call them corporate functions, sometimes populated by women, right? Yep. And then you move in as the only PNL or or yep. business owner per such, right? Mm-hmm. But I think. Statistics has proven that if you have a more equal, yeah. you know, it may not be 50-50, but if you move upwards to 30-70, yeah. 40-60, mm-hmm. you have better bottom line figures. Yes. Companies have a top line and a bottom line growth. So you're growing both revenues at a different pace as well as profitability with a lower risk. And and you know, research by research you know, regardless of geography is proving this. So we need to move away from the management team where you have Mm -hmm. males and then you have some females, you know, in the corporate functions. We need to have P&L. We need to have business owners as women because that's half the population. Yes. And and, and we know that Sweden, even Sweden, isn't there yet. But we also know that Sweden has come a lot further in many of these international measurements Mm -hmm. than um, than the most other countries when it comes to finding equality in um, in businesses. Do you see how that impacts um, on the general business environment in Sweden? <laughs> we want to pick that one up, Elin. We had a inter- <laughs> most interesting pre-talk here. We met a few minutes before, grabbed some coffee, and Elin had some fantastic comments around venture cap, right? <laughs> uh, but, but yes, we yeah. are one of the most equal societies in the world. Yes, period, right? And that has many historic, Elin touched upon that too, historic uh, passages. Uh, but I do, we, I do think we need to honor that platform that we have here right now and continue to drive that because if we don't have targets and a vision, if we don't measure according to that target of vision and and either progress or lack of progress, I think we can also fall behind because Sweden is a very small portion of the world. (laughs) There's a large globe out there and there are other areas that is actually, I think, proceeding quite rapidly right now. But can, can you describe that platform? Was it what is it? Uh, what the do you platform, mean? Platform. Yeah, when we, I'm talking about Stockholm and yeah. Sweden and the platform for women, I, I think that we are a uh, um, rather equal society who has uh, great opportunities for both men and women in an equal setting, right? And and for me, working in the consultancy feed with finance, fintech, Stockholm right now is booming. It's a fantastic mm. place to be, regardless if you're young or older, if you're man or 
woman in that sense, right? So I think that is the platform. But what is the next level? How do we take it even further? How do we move away from what Elin was mentioning, where we actually have just a few women in a management team? And most of the time in, in, in group functions or operations roles, right, into more of true business leaders being female also here. I think I think we, Sweden has. I mean, for being a let's face it, a tiny country, uh, sort of on the cusp of the of the polar circle, we have a we have very large impact uh, mm-hmm. on 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 the world um, in in the in the companies we bring forward, the the ideas we've bring brought forward and exported throughout uh, at least this century. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that impact, but that that's that there's an obligation there too. We have mm-hmm. the structural things in 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 place. We have. Uh, I have a right to own. I have a right to own a company, to start a company. I have a right to go straight into a bank and, and, and put some capital on, on, on a counter and start a company. Which so, so I have I have all these privileges. But then the question is, and and but someone put those privileges there for me. They didn't accidentally happen there. They, so so I think there's that vision that I wish. Sweden is in an exceptionally good position. We have the ideas. We have the creativity. We we now get. Such brilliant minds brought into the country who come here to choose to work from here, not because we have the highest salaries or the best option programs. Clearly, we, we don't, but they choose to be here. <laughs> yeah. It is safe. It is. It is. The air is clean. Our streets are reasonably safe. Uh, so, so there's so many grand things. One of the things that people talk a lot about when it comes to Swedish equality is the parental leave system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are your reflections on that as, as, as to how it affects female employment in Sweden? Because I don't think a lot of people outside of the country always understand the dynamics of this. So can we explain it a bit? Because women in Sweden get... Um, well, they get to share their parental leave with their with with their with their men folk, mm-hmm. and <laughs> <laughs> men folk. <laughs> I, I, I think just to be to, to bring people up to speed, yeah. what's important to, to understand because the the image is that Sweden has this incredibly like incredibly uh, generous parental leave, which is true. I'm a, I'm a parent of two sons, so I, I totally testify to that. What is that image? Can you go into so? It a but bit no, but more? the idea is that we get lots of time off, that we don't mm. lose our jobs, we get lots of time off with the family, and the government pays us for it. Which, which which is true, which is true. But there's two parts though. Mm. Part of it is the legal right to take leave of absence when you have a child, which is a legal right, mm. um, without losing your job. Mm. Now, I think that's fantastic and incredibly creative and innovative. Then the other thing is, I think it's now up of 460 paid days per child, which are up to the the parents or caregivers to spend whichever way they want, which in this country means the women take it. We can't, I mean, yes, yes, we have more dads. Yes, we have, we, we're getting there, but we're far, far, far from equal in taking those days. And that's still up to the family to decide. Now, this is a political question, so I'll, I'll stay reasonably quiet on it. But from a, from a, from a, from a professional employer yeah. perspective, yeah. I think bringing in parental leave in Sweden when it happened was phenomenal. Yeah. And I think bringing, creating access to that workforce, which yeah. Sweden was f- among the first yeah. nations to do because it brought all the women into the workforce, which mm. is from a, from a national, national perspective is an, a brilliant thing to do. You get access to, to half of the population, which isn't available in a lot of countries, including parts of Northern Europe being our neighbors, but they still don't have that. But I mean, if you compare it perhaps to other countries like the US, the idea of fathers taking several months off is considered outrageously progressive still. It was great fun, actually. Uh, We were sitting at NK here having lunch a few years back, and um, I belong to a Swedish-American network, and we had some American ladies traveled in from New York, right? And you had a few men with strollers Mm -hmm. and toddlers in the strollers walking by, 
absolute image that they have in the U.S., right? That we have all these uh, mom dads or dad moms <laughs> or, you know, walking around the city drinking cafe lattes, right? And tending to their toddlers. And it was a picture perfect, you know, May, beautiful, sunny day in downtown Stockholm. And you had the Swedish men out walking with their children. And I don't think that is reality. And so their this- reaction when they saw it. <laughs> they put it online. They couldn't believe it that we had mom dads or dad moms, you know, walking around so what did a they work say day. About it? Uh first they were laughing about it and then they were questioning and kind of like wanting more details around it. And it was a beautiful May day and that is what happened, right? But that's not 365 days of the year here. Mm-hmm. And I agree with Elin when it comes to uh it needs to be up to each individual family man or woman what did you call it men folk you know in how how you how you actually treat this because i do think it can be a trap i'm also mother of two two daughters in that sense and i have actually changed careers every every parental leave you know <laughs> maternity leave right and and perfect example my my youngest daughter she was nine days when there was a recruiting firm that called me up this last time and that was a perfect opportunity because I was at home obviously Alice was nine days I was not at work because at that point I wouldn't have listened to them right so it's also a, a career shifting kind of moment in that sense I have taken all the parental leave myself as a mother I haven't been with a men folk or mom dad <laughs> You know, rolling the strollers. And I do think there is a much smaller minority of the men still taking that parental leave. Having the dads more involved, I think, is extraordinary. And we've seen that just mm-hmm. as we see just as we see uh, companies with a more diverse distribution of, of P&L mm-hmm. responsibility being more successful. We see mm-hmm. that with families, too. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. It does. And it has driven change, right? Because I, I see it in a few different companies I've been at when, when younger men are, you know... Um, in the family mode and having their first and second and maybe sometimes third child, I've always supported them going on parental, you know, in that case, Mm -hmm. dad leave, you know, for whatever length of time, because I think it is good for the family in that sense. So it is driving a change and it has proven a good cause these decades, right? I do agree with you. You know, what is the next one? Excuse me, I sort of think perhaps here that it's very easy to become sort of blind to your own surroundings right here in Sweden and blind to how good we've got it if i if i look at my my brother he works in the city of london yeah. and there the idea that the fathers would take more than two weeks off when the kid is born and the idea that they'd go off for six or nine months is anathema in most companies not in all but in most some are very progressive but for but for most people that's 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 really unheard of um and and this idea that the boss would be encouraging the fathers to take the time off i mean that is still pretty that's pretty radical on an international scale right i think it's interesting also what you when you talk about the uh, american network that you mm-hmm. had lunch with at uh, nk and they yeah. were laughing yeah that yeah. says something about the difference and and the way of seeing and the perspectives mm-hmm. on on how you mm. see it. And I was thinking, do you have uh, any more examples from uh, maybe American women, how they view uh, the life of a woman in Sweden or like if they have any pictures on, on what it is like or in the same manner that they laugh or, you know. 
reactions? I, th- I think it's it's first of all, it's it's so much depending on which context you are in. There isn't uh, there isn't one American perception of what Sweden is, and there certainly isn't one Sweden uh, uh, in so many ways either. I think what we're talking about now, that sort of reacting in that sort of we usually laugh when we're shocked that's when we we laugh and so seeing sometimes a dad with a with a stroller if you're not used to seeing that it, it's it's maybe verging on the absurd and i've had people assume it's a male nanny or or so on it, it, which is which is sort of funny and cute in in a sad way but what we're talking about really is norms right it's it's mm-hmm. what we expect to see and when norms shift they shift they shift overnight norms norms suddenly suddenly it's just not strange anymore i mean fathom now a, a, a smoke-free bar. And to us, there's nothing weird about the fact that we don't smoke in bars anymore. But when that was introduced, it seemed ludicrous to all of us. What on earth? Like The discussions we had about what the smells would be in the bar if there was no smoke in the bar, it's a matter of shifting norms. And I think that's where it's not necessarily a question of what's inherently natural. It's it's what you're used to seeing and what the norm is. So so your 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 London company could change overnight. Like I think that, that's literally how it happens when when that norm shifts. I think also the expect maybe the expectations on on being a woman in in Sweden is different in in a way. Like no one um, here, no one expects from you to to uh, uh, not have a job or not make a career equal. As men, I don't, I don't know if that's a difference in in the U.S. and here. Like, if the expectations are different and the norms in that way, career-wise. But it's it, it's both. I think it's it's also, of course, a structural question. In in London, you would have unsafer areas, spaces for kids, so you would you would be required to spend more time taking your child to and from school than we do, for example. And um, so you have all these practical elements that that hinder equality simply because you don't mean so. So that's that's why I think some of those stru- structural changes we've had in Sweden have 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 paved the way for the equality that we have because it's physically logistically possible for a child to make their own way to school, for example. And you were talking earlier about the structural changes. Mm-hmm. Can you can you uh, before we went in the studio? Can you go through them again? Well, it, absolutely. <laughs> and the thing is, the thing is, I can sound horribly yeah. negative about Sweden, and and it's only mm-hmm. because I expect so much of it, and because mm-hmm. I am so proud of it, and because I chose as an adult to return here and to repatriate and to create my my home and raise my children here, and so I've mm-hmm. chosen this country. Um, with all its flaws, with all its downsides, and I just, I just think so. If I sound negative, it's only because I want more for it. So, looking at sort of the way Sweden, we came, we got the equality that we have. So much of it wasn't sort of some some generous prime minister sitting down in a in a kumbaya circle and talking about how they should be nicer to women and make dads cuddlier. I mean, that's that's not how it happened. But that's oftentimes where somehow the discussion ends up. It was a discussion of housing quality, of of building houses. It was a discussion of plumbing. It was a, a discussion of electricity. It was a discussion of washers for anything that would that would make it possible to get access to the full labor force because that was necessary for a nation, a small nation on the north end. It was the vision of creating a modern country of education. It was the installation, when we brought in school lunches, every public school in Sweden serves a hot lunch every day and it's been like that since I think the 40s. The fact that no mother needs to take time off to go home and make lunch for their kids or pack lunch in the morning or the fact that we don't have inequality in what lunch the kids eat. Now, I'm not saying that all school lunches are delicious, but there's that sort of those structural decisions are what is necessary to get to the point where you have where you can actually get that equality and and actually get the women from from the home when you have publicly funded and generally available daycare. That's a big issue, isn't it? Right? Of course. This daycare, I mean, you talk to people in most other countries around the world and 
you know, the daycare is, is prohibitively expensive to the extent that it makes no sense for the woman to go out to work financially. So, I mean, that here, I mean, I think we need to describe this daycare because it's it's a major factor here. I mean, when you've got kids, when when your, your kids went to daycare, uh, Annette, your kids went to daycare at what age? Both my daughters attended uh, daycare and then preschool right and onwards into the Swedish schooling system. Uh, I think they were 14 to 16 months so just short of a year old, both of them, right, when they when they started. I think it's an amazing system, and I, I do respect all, all where it came from. But if you're looking at Elin and I, it doesn't really matter. We, we chose to return as adults to, to Sweden and to Stockholm in that sense. Um, but if we were to live in Hong Kong or, or London or, or, I don't know, San Francisco mm-hmm. for that matter, right, we would have gotten a great daycare there also. Because I think it's it's more also long, you know, what job do you actually have? I think the, the very best of Swedish daycare is that it is provided for all and equal in that sense, right? So if you want to take a part-time job in a grocery store, you can still afford daycare. You know, the target there is not Elon and I per no. se, because we could have bought a, a good quality daycare, you know, regardless of where in the world. And we would have, you know, ensured that our children were safely brought to and from daycare, preschool and, and school systems, etc. But I think uh, the dimension that Sweden offers this to all, to every single child, regardless uh, of the parental incomes or, or work, you know, uh, career-wise, I think it's a fabulous one. And we do owe that to the previous generations who put this in place, right? And I think it's just, again, so important to reinforce that that makes rational sense. It's not Mm. something that the politicians did out of the good of their hearts. It Mm. makes rational sense. And I think the reason some of these countries have prohibitively expensive and inaccessible daycare is also rational. I think there is is still that. There's a decision you make in which model you're going to run a country Mm. and what you want to do with with the workforce and and the citizens that you have in it. And and I absolutely agree. The accessibility, the accessibility of daycare is is essential. Uh, I have speaking again of my my American friends, the people I went to university with, who are smarter than me and higher educated than me, and and incredibly, and who are, who will now sort of skittishly say to me, "You must think I'm a terrible woman because I don't work because they're home with their children." And so there's that uh, there's that too. And for me to look at them and say, "I know what your everyday life mm-hmm. looks like. I know what it would what it would mean, and I know how how much your." husband has to work what that norm is and mm-hmm. I know what the norm is for involvement in your children's school and from driving back and forth and all of that I it's it's not you can't compare like that uh, I am actively as a woman in Sweden uh, and yes I am definitely what I pay for daycare because it is limited and it's capped is ridiculously little mm-hmm. considering my salary but that's the way the system is, is made out so, so, uh, this but we are we are paying for it. We because, are paying for it because Every, it's not pays. that it's not paid for. We no, are paying for it, but it's funded via the tax system, right? So it's, it's not that Elin and I are just not paying for daycare. <laughs> no, we are you're paying, paying good money ta- for it, yes. and you're paying for. And, and, yes. and, and, and I'm it's guessing just a different absolutely. way of funding it's a different it, way. Right? And, but then also, then yeah. also the the monthly fee, which is based on your individual income, is also mm-hmm. capped. And and mm-hmm. we and so it's it is no. But my my the society here actively encourage me it encourages me to go back to work 
And, mm. and that's something you have to recognize. And I think you have to be culturally sensitive when you speak to women of other countries. In, in not sort of Well, not assuming that somehow for, for them to look at me and somehow say, do you, you must think I'm a terrible woman because I am not back at work, even though I have this fantastic degree and you know how good I am at math. And, and just to understand that there, that there, there are norms and there are structures. And, and again, raising the next generation, mm. incredibly important work and often exceptionally underpaid and undercompensated pension-wise and... I think maybe in a way uh, the difference between uh, you, you two and me who have the experience of living somewhere else is that you see these structures maybe a bit clearer, take them for granted. And uh, my question is like when you were in the process of uh, returning to Sweden, uh, how how did you start to think about it and, and uh, did it live up to your expectations when you moved here, when you moved back? Stockholm and Sweden? Yeah. Well, I, I don't think you ever love Sweden as much as when you're someplace else, right? <laughs> True. <laughs> when you're really blue and yellow. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I was more involved with Sweden, I think, in, in Minneapolis, in Dallas, in LA. You know, when I lived there, that was, you know, fabulous. So I think you come back and you all, almost, you know, at least after certain many years, you, you immigrate again, right? Because you are moved into, I, I was partly Americanized, you probably were too, mm-hmm. million after those years over there. So I think you, it's an eye-opener. If you land then and and um, appreciate and find your place back home in Sweden, I think it's important. And how did that go for you? Ah, it, was, it was a challenging, right? It was because of careers and dot-com and, and business opportunities and then you find love and you kind of settled in, right? So, But I, I do think if you spend, for example, 10 years someplace else, it's not an easy route just to check back home. You know, because, you know, the, the Sweden you return to after a decade has also moved onwards, right? So, I don't know. Sweden has changed incredibly yeah. in the past 10, 15, yeah. 20 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up, when I grew up, you had to buy olive oil in the in the pharmacy because it was that. <laughs> I'm also from the countryside. <laughs> You're no, not so, that so, old. <laughs> no, so glo- but glo- I'm from the countryside. Globalization <laughs> has certainly yeah. changed Sweden in, in so, so, so many ways. So, mm-hmm. but re- And repatriation is is difficult. Anywhere, mm. anyone you ask, and I think if you're mm. part of an international circuit, you've heard those stories. No matter where you move mm. back, moving back home, when you when you move mm. out, you expect to feel different. You mm. expect to feel alienated. You expect to to deal with cultural differences. And you move home. Not only do you expect to move home, everybody else expects you to feel at home, which can be incredibly mm. challenging. But and I also, but I think I think what helped me. I I didn't grow up in Stockholm. I had no network in Stockholm. Um, but when I moved here. As an adult, uh, my primary network and the the ones I owe my my career and and mm-hmm. my network in Stockholm to now were all internationals. Wow! Because we had a shared experience somehow, and because yeah. I because I didn't quite feel I fit in, and because Stockholm is its own particular. Mm-hmm. Stockholm isn't transient in the sense that many other big big uh, cities are, and so it has so many gifts to give. But if you're coming in from elsewhere, it can take a while to find find a click to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, which I'm very glad for and what's your like tips how do you do it <laughs> oh, always find the irish i think <laughs> <laughs> always find the irish um, no uh, no but i mean i think stockholm's gotten better with that too but just it's the network part it's what yeah. does your, your company yeah. have uh f- find and, and it was the same when i when i lived in cairo uh cairo is a transient city so all the kyrenes knew that we were all coming and going so they didn't yeah. They would they would politely invite us to dinner, but they didn't want to bond with us because they knew mm. we were leaving. 
And so don't necessarily look for the Swedes. Uh, look for the look for the homeless international Swedes who just came <laughs> back because they're desperate for company. Um, and and look for the other the other uh, expats. But this oh, that's is an interesting that's an interesting insight, I think, because uh, I'm still. I'm still uh, more connected probably into the U.S. Embassy and the American Chamber mm-hmm. of Commerce after all these years. And I, you know, I spent the last valvaka, the U.S. election valvaka, you know. So that's, the, that's the, the election night, night party. Yeah, <laughs> I did. And I don't even go to a Swedish election valvaka, but I did for the U.S. election last time, right? So, yeah. yeah. But, but when, you, when you, Annette, you've got a lot of international people working mm-hmm. um, with you um, yeah. and you have under for many years. What are their reactions? Actions when they when when they come to Sweden. How do you try and help them fit in? What are the what are the big sort of issues, and particularly for the women, I guess. Well, I guess it's, it's connecting into alien, right? We have we have an industry, we have business to tend to, and they're brought here for their roles, their skills, their competences, right? So it doesn't really matter where they come from. You know, they're brought into the industry circle. Um, I have uh, women joining that grew up in Beijing. And, and moved, you know, is moving to Stockholm for, for career reasons. Uh, I have a Danish-Australian, you know, woman, kind of the mixture from both countries, uh, moving here because of career re- reasons also, right? So it's not Sweden as such, it's the fantastic opportunities that we offer in our industries to that particular um, person. So it's you the know, economy that brings women. them here. Yeah, it's the, yeah, it it's is. The good, it's the great companies and the great um, we're, organizations. We're booming right now. Stockholm is booming right now. But do you have any tips when you see people coming in? Do you have any tips about how they should find their feet outside of work? What are the uh, what are the things to do to really sort of? We are so. I would say we're so global right now. Alien can chip in here, but we're so global right now. So the people landing here, you know, they have Googled everything. They have all their you know their top lists and all the other aspects, right? So if there is anything local, we can help out with. Of course, we do that, but they're very well read when they land at Orlando, most of them. I think also the, this is again keeping in mind that that we we work with with academics who are yeah. traveled, who are global and, and experienced. Uh, and I think what I've learned through my through my expat years is if you travel with a family, it's a thousand times easier. If your kids are mm-hmm. in school, if your kids are in after school activities, you can always connect with other parents. That's by far. Let the kids lead the way. Um, if 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 you if you arrive with a family, if you arrive on your own and no no one and want to find a, find a network and a group, we have social. media media now you can find any any subculture is pretty much represented in Stockholm as well so I think mm-hmm. that makes it a whole lot easier than it has been and of course read the local which will help you and yes. read the local <laughs> always of read course, the local James Stockholm's amazing fintech hub which yeah. you're working very closely with yes. in that, right yeah. which is which has really grown in the last few years I think it was mm-hmm. Stockholm is the second largest fintech hub in uh, Europe after London yes. and it's taking business from London with Brexit we are we are yes so it's actually it's a very exciting time to be here it is and a lot it of is. women working in the fintech hub as well. It is. I think that is a fantastic platform in equal opportunities, right? Because it is about metrics. It's about business and skills and competences and, and metrics, right? And regardless if you work for an established player or you're starting from scratch, you have equal opportunities. And we have a fantastic generation when it comes to well-educated, you know, sharp women moving in here. And you also see other nationalities now. You know, I've, I haven't hired anybody from Beijing previously that is actually moving to Stockholm to pursue her career. So I think that's fantastic. Do you think you would choose Sweden? If you were not Swedish, 
Well, that's an interesting question. I, it, it's just, imp- I think it's impossible to say. I mean, for, it's so much, um, your values come so much from, from, from where you are. I'm, I'm a loud and s- stubborn person, so I guess I would... <laughs> I, I've I've loved every culture I've lived in, yeah. uh, and and I yeah. think I've I've I've. But I I have to say again, raising children and running a mm-hmm. company uh, here is it it makes a whole lot of sense. But how know. is that being loud and stubborn in Sweden? No, I'm no, I'm just there's 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 space for me here. I don't have to mind myself as much mm. when I walk into a room. I don't have it depends. I mean, of course, we again. I mean, we can we can talk. We we are. Yes, I I struggle very little with discrimination now mm-hmm. as I'm post 40 and and an executive in my own company. Um but but we have the society we have. So of course, yes, I'm I'm aware mm-hmm. subconsciously or not of my being female all the time and I adjust for it all the time, of course. I mean, it's there. Uh, but but for the most part in Sweden, I I don't I don't have to really consider a room before I walk into it. I and otherwise, you do. Uh, or I think you? in some cultures you do more so. Yeah. You, because because you and also again because I'm business oriented. I want to get mm-hmm. to the outcome that I want, and I have to figure out which is the best way to get it. Mm-hmm. And there are certainly places where being too loud and being too upfront and being too tall, which I am also, is is not helping. <laughs> you think like <laughs> being not. loud is even a plus here? Uh, in Sweden, well, <laughs> I'm human. I think I think sometimes it is. Uh, yeah. I think you have to mind it always. I mean, I'm I'm in sales. I'm in PR. I'm always serving mm-hmm. someone else, bringing out someone else's. So I'm a consultant, which mm-hmm. means I have to be perfectly malleable. Um, but but my being a woman and a reasonably loud one is less of a handicap here than in other places. I think that's so interesting because when you asked the question, I, I started you know pontificating right, and I was like, okay, I would have chosen a warmer climate. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then you moved and, to Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then as the alien was talking here, on the same time, we're sitting here as two, you know, 40 plus executives, right? Who are born and raised Sweden, has been other places and come back. And I at least take so much for granted, mm. you know, because here we have, we don't have to mind our business walking into a room. We have a chair at the boardroom table as such, right? And I would certainly expect that from a different place where I live. But not all places are like that. So if I were to choose, you know, sunshine and a nice beach, you know, it comes with the thoughts that, you know, I have my place. And not all sunny climates do tend to that place. No. Yeah. And it, mm-hmm. But and there's a platform here, I think. And I think that's what I want to encourage anybody coming here, considering coming here is... What we need here, speaking mm-hmm. as a Swede, uh, is are, are are all the professional women who want to to bring the the work for equality even further, uh, because we don't have it all figured, but we have a fantastic platform to start. Mm-hmm. The the opportunities mm-hmm. are here. We're closer to equal pay than many, even though we weren't there. We're n- not nearly as good as we should be in representation in boards and and ownership and management, but we're getting there. So so a call to all women who want to to sort of drive. F- Equal, equal rights and social justice even further. The, and connecting the, to that one, I think, Elin, that we should have a call to all professionals, mm-hmm. men and women, to come to Stockholm and take advantage of the platform to further build business and companies uh, in this particular place. So I have a last question. And um, what would you say? Where is a woman's place? <laughs> Everywhere. Thank you so much, Annette Tonerud and Elin Aldén for coming. Thank you. Hey!